Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our business podcast where we cover business news and add our legal twist. And my name is Nasser Pasha. Welcome to the program. And I'm Matt Staub. Very good. That was a perfect intro. But, but once again, I messed up by mentioning it. Even though I don't think you'll ever have a perfect intro, I'm still going to say this is the best podcast ever. I would say so. I, I would have no disagreement with that. What if I said it was the fastest growing podcast ever? It's a fast-growing podcast, a very fast. Well, it depends. I mean, if I took a look and 7.32, 12 seconds a.m. through 7.32 and 13 seconds a.m. And, and looked at the growth, if we got like three people, that might be considered the fastest-growing podcast. Possibly. Probably not, but yeah. So if you can't tell, our topic for today is going to be what I call puffery which for all you advertising people out there, you're going to love this one because this is going to tell you, well, we're not going to tell you what you're, if you're doing it right or wrong, but there's certain things you can say and certain things you can't. And there's a recent story here with Slack. And that's why I got the fastest growing podcast because they declared they're the fastest growing business app ever, which <laughs> seems like seems like a stretch, but yeah, which I find hard to believe since I'm not even sure what exactly they do. But it looks like team communication, maybe it's not something that I would ever use. So maybe that's why I haven't heard of it. Well, yeah, and I would question even if it was like the most pop, even if like Google said that or something. I don't know. It's It just seems like that's a very hard thing to quantify. Let's see. It has more than 500,000 people using it every day, but its user count grew by 35% in just the first six weeks of the year. 1.7 billion messages. I guess that really doesn't matter, but obviously if you want to declare something the fastest blah, 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 ever, I mean, there's different ways to measure. I'm the best shooting point guard of all time. If you look <laughs> at this one game and I shot 12 for 12 from the field versus the career versus, uh, you know, only regulation play versus, you know, uh, playoff play as well. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I think Slack, they base it upon users. That's my assumption at least. But I think in this case, even when making that statement, even though there's multiple ways to measure it, you you do have to back it up. And I think if you're able to make a statement like that and back it up, I think it's a powerful marketing message, you know, to to declare yourself the fastest, the best, et cetera. It's pretty cool. Now, but best is something different, though. I mean, the you know, I think a lot of coffee shops have like the best coffee in town or the best coffee in United States. You know, I, I, there was that. Do you remember that movie Elf with Will Ferrell? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. He, he sees a sign on the outside that says something like world's best coffee. And he goes inside and congratulates everyone. He's very excited. And <laughs> it reminds me of that. But that's still opinionated. That's still kind of an exaggeration and puffery within the guidelines of true advertising. Everyone sees that all the time. If you if you go to any stores, but we have to mention, of course, the the number one boss coffee mug of Michael Scott. Oh yeah. Wouldn't it be this podcast if we didn't mention that, but it's, uh, you know, it's where you draw the line. So the restaurants are always tricky cause it'll say like voted best restaurant, but there's so many different publications and, and things that have the voting that could literally mean anything. There's a difference between that and something that's very quantifiable and you know, exactly, you know, I'm, I'm more of a numbers person. So it's, if someone is the top grossing business in the greater 
Seattle area. Like that's something you can actually prove, even though you, that's probably difficult. That's probably difficult to compare because you don't know, but yeah. you know, you get, you get my drift. Even sometimes a lot of the big wigs use surveys to quantify or qualify their services, like best customer service in the industry and so forth. And they'll have a little asterisk with what their sources are. They may even paid for the study and this, in, you know how surveys are. It yeah. depends on how you ask the question and so forth. So even if they did that, but the point is, is that they can at least reference something and and it's kind of up to the consumers to kind of take that information in and see how much validity it has whereas you know if they refer to a particular i'm trying to think of a, of a you know like a gallup poll or something something a little bit more reliable and has a little bit better reputation that they can say you know in a gallup poll we were voted best in this area or whatever you know or some kind of award that is given yeah, and you already mentioned they have to be able to back up their claims. So if you're looking at the the advertising rules under the FTC, that's one of the things is they have to have evidence to back it up. You know, this should be common sense as well. The ads must be truthful and non-deceptive, truthful and non-deceptive. So can't be uh, truthful and deceptive. I feel like that's almost the same thing. No, it's not because because like you can not say the truth and kind of in other words, it's kind of saying not giving enough information to almost elude that something that is true that's not true. Yeah, we see enough legal terms that I know that there's fine lines between these things, but to me that seems the same. Yeah. Ads can't be unfair, meaning the advertisement can't cause substantial injury to consumers that consumers can't reasonably avoid. So for me, I think the way to get around this is just to write best coffee ever and then just write a question mark after it. And then it's it's more of a question that they're asking. Voted best coffee in Seattle for 10 straight years, question mark. So then it's not even a statement. It's just a question. (laughs) I love that. And then there's also statements that are not even meant to be true. Like, for example, I reference this as one of our articles on on our blog, but I'll mention it again, is Old Spice basically put out a tweet talking about Taco Bell. You know, they have their hot sauce and their fire sauce. And they say in their tweet, they're like, why is it that fire sauce isn't made with real fire? It seems like false advertising, you know? <laughs> and then very uh, humorously, uh, Taco Bell responds saying, Old Spice, is your deodorant made with really old spices? I mean, well, I guess it's not that funny, but <laughs> it's uh, but it, it, it's, it's kind of cool to see kind of uh, these companies on, on that level uh, joking around with each other like that. Yeah, like the, the apricot flavored fruit or of apricot favored fruit sticks made of real ape. <laughs> Two office references in one episode. What about Red Bull gives you wigs? You know, we, we've mentioned that a long time ago, but is there something going on with that now? Yeah, it was just that's what I was just about to get to is conveniently, and it wasn't even intentional, but this episode is coming out on the the last day to claim your money. If you had a Red Bull in the past 12 years, which I'm going to say is probably pretty much any adult, more or less. I would say probably 99% of, of yeah. man on earth. It has at least had a one Red Bull in, in over 12 years. I mean, that's pretty much everyone had at least at least tried it, at least, at least towards the beginning. Maybe not now that they know it's not good for you. <laughs> I have one from time to time, so I can't really criticize people. But So March, <laughs> March 2nd, last day to claim your cash in this class action lawsuit that Red Bull gives you wings. Apparently it wasn't true. People, Some people were expecting that, of course, because everyone's going to expect that. Something like that would be something that would actually happen. So you know what? Red Bull, Red Bull has to pay out for that. And to be fair, this was a settlement. It was a class action settlement. So it's not like a judge or a court actually ruled this. But gosh, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the same thing as a fire sauce, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like so ridiculous and 
And again, we don't know because the court never said otherwise, but I think we would all assume that they would lose on that case. But then it shows, you know, the sometimes how the law can be, the legal system can be unjust. Let's assume that for a second, Red Bull would have won this lawsuit. They still have to defend this class action lawsuit and they made the economic decision. You know, it's not worth it. Let's just pay it out. And I like the slogan. I think it's a really cool slogan. I wish they would still use it. Oh, so do they they get rid of the slogan altogether? I guess that makes sense. I would assume so because then they would, in the theory, they would leave themselves open to further litigation because you couldn't settle the future aspect of, of the use of the slogan. That's why we had to change the firm name from Top for Legal to Pasha Law because they found out you weren't weren't on the top floor and you weren't even an attorney either. So the legal <laughs> part didn't hold true. Oh, I know. So and I'm looking here. So yeah, Red Bull settled the lawsuit to avoid costs and distraction. Yep, of litigation. However, Red Bull maintains that its marketing and labeling have always been truthful and accurate and denies any and all wrongdoing or liability. It's a sad day in Red Bull history. Yeah. They have that competition every year where they people can make their car things to make them fly. And it's based on, you know, how far you can fly across the thing, which is kind of the whole premise of this. So yeah. did it say what the, the payout was going to be or the settlement? Yeah, 13 million. You know, they probably got enough publicity that it made up for it. 13 million. It's a lot of Red Bulls. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. Basically, you get either a $10 reimbursement or $15 worth of Red Bull products, which is not bad, actually. Wait, $15 of Red Bull products? Yeah, that's a lot of Red Bull, no? I'll probably end up doing this because I've had my fair share of Red Bull. So when I'm part of the class action lawsuit in 10 years for all the people that are having adverse health effects from consuming too many Red Bulls, then... I love how your first reaction when you heard about this before our podcast episode was like you know i can't believe that that's so ridiculous and now you're cashing in well usually it's like you get like you know a dollar and 76 cents yeah it's not worth your time right 15 dollars in red bull that's a that's a deal just for signing up for something i'm signing up right now i'm almost done how do they verify that you've bought a red bull i guess they they don't yeah usually for these class action things they usually don't go is kind of self-representative that you've done this because they don't expect people to actually have a, uh, you know, a receipt. But some of the bigger ticket items, obviously. Let's see. Should okay. So choose your settlement. Should I go for the cash reimbursement of ten dollars or free Red Bull products with retail value of approximately fifteen? And then the Red Bull products selected on the claim form will be shipped by Red Bull directly to class members as Red Bull at Red Bull's cost. So I can either choose from Red Bull energy drink or Red Bull sugar free. Always sugar-free, even though that's probably worse for you as well. But You would do the $15 worth of Red Bull products instead of the cash reimbursement? Oh, I'm doing the $15 of Red Bull products right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I will too. Well, this is great podcast stuff here. Well, we told people about what the rules are for, at least under the FTC, for, for advertising. Well, I, I, th- I think as far as the line of puffery we talked about, I mean, there's a lot of more information about truth in advertising. Yeah, I think the point is this. I think we told the rules, which seem, you know, obviously with the law, it's nothing's really as straightforward as it seems. But it basically, if you're successful, people are going to come after you and, and try to get some money out of it. You know, they'll find a, they'll find a way if you have some sort of slogan like Red Bull or anything. But of course, if you're untruthful in your advertising, then that's going to be a problem as well, whether, whether or not you're successful. Yeah. Check out uh, our blog article on this subject. There's a link there to the FTC's standards of deception because, you know, as Matt kind of, you know, outlined, what's the difference between 
lying and deception or not telling the truth and deception. And they actually, FTC has a pretty long guideline. I mean, it, it was actually a guideline that I think they wrote a long time ago and it's held this test of time. And it's not just about what you say, but it's what you do not say as well. So if you do have a advertising campaign that may be on the fence, that may be a first spot to look at. Always good. Good posts as always. Oh, thank you. Should we end the podcast episode or just, you know, just talk for the rest of the day? I think we'll end it. People need to have time to go uh, fill out their Red Bull claims. I guess we should link that too. Today's the last day, so. Yeah. I've already done it five times, so I'm just raking in this money. <laughs> I know. Let's put my wife's name here. <laughs> I'm sure she bought Red Bull one of these times. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yep. Keep us sound and keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.